Welcome to Whiskey Unscripted Episode 7. Now, I'm not very good at pressing buttons, but if I press this one here... <coughs> Mr. Gordon Dundas should be on the other end of the line. Gordon! Nope. I am. I was just trying to... <laughs> just trying to... Uh, I'm here. I'm That's here. I was just trying to wind you up. Oh, Gordon. How are you? How, I'm, I'm very well. Very well. How are you? Good stuff, Gordon. Very, very good stuff. Lots of, a busy show today. And yeah. I've got a couple of, well, it's not so much a challenge for you. Later on in the show, we're going to be speaking to three distillery ambassadors. Oh, yes. You know, the old tour guides in another language. And I'm going to ask you very shortly about your favourite tour experience that you've been on. Just as a member oh. of the public. Doesn't need to be whiskey, so have that up your sleeve. And also, this is episode seven. What? Series two. And How did we get to there? Unbelievable. No I just think we talk without a script. I think that's basically the essence of the show. Now, Seven, very auspicious. You know, the Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai, the Seven Wonders of the World. And I just thought, I've got a wee list. Could we put together, before the end of the show, the Seven Whiskey Wonders of the World? Oh, right. And, for example, I'm going to give you one. And you can be the arbiter, whether it's in or not, the Spey. The biggest river in Scotland, the Spey. Is that a whiskey wonder of the world? Yes, I think I it think probably so. has to be. It's the most. Right. It's the only region. It's the only river that's mentioned in any of the regions of Scotch whiskey. Um, it's home to fifty plus distilleries. Yes, I think. It probably <laughs> yes, is. Uh, that's amazing. So it's not so much yeah. specific brands. It's just about these wonders, without which we would not have an industry. So there's a couple of challenges no, for you, Gordon. Okay, right, we'll keep going through that. Great. Great. So, this the start of the show, we always yeah. task you to um, to go through some of the news that's maybe caught your eye. Yeah, well, the, the, I mean, the news is, um, there's been quite a lot happening in terms of our business, which we'll come on to, but uh, there's a bit of news that caught my eye in the last um, few days, and, and the, the one that really caught my eye this morning uh, was some news with respect to um, Richard Patterson, who's going to be heading up a sort of new distillery, um, along with, from what I understand, from from still working with um, White Mackay, he's going to be speaking and, and, you know, blending for a new distillery, Wolf Craig, which is going, which is currently under planning, I think, and finance development in uh, Stirling, and there's some really big names behind that. The Lunds, who I know uh, uh, are involved, as well as Ian McMillan is involved, and one or two others. So Richard joins Wolf Craig as master blender, which is it's fantastic. I mean, he's a, he's a legend of the industry, and um, yes, it's great to uh, great to see that. And he's obviously still going to do stuff at, at whiskey at at not whisk, at White Mackay as well. So that was quite a big bit of news. It is a big bit of news. I, I like his book. I'm sure if he's yeah. listening, I, the, the, the Nose Patterson's very good book he's got. So uh, unfortunately, it's a Kindle, so I can't get him to sign it. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't mind that. I've got a bit of news as well, Gordon. Oh, and I love a bit of news. Just saw it in the papers, and I'm looking at it right now here, and it's it's worth a debate because there's a company out of Silicon Valley. It's a venture company called Bespoken Spirits. And they're claiming, not just claiming, they are uh, maturing spirits in days rather than decades. It's been described as like an espresso machine for spirit, where you get a steel drum, lots of thousands of little bits of oak, and at high pressure you spin it round and it matures it within a few days. Now, it's easy mm. to write these things off, Gordon. The Scottish mm -hmm. Whiskey Association are threatening legal action uh, about it because it's not... But I just 
it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't strike a very good note for this industry. But I can see where these young people with the high tech want to take it. I, I understand that type of thing. But for me, you know, it's one thing in life that I just don't think you can rush. And I think you just need to, whiskey is just something that, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to be proven wrong. But um, I just think you just need to let it do what it needs to do to be a good tasting whiskey. Now, whether that's in bourbon country and it's three years or in Scotland and it's eight to ten years or whatever it may be, um, you know, I think the uniqueness of whiskey and the uniqueness of of the product is, is, a, is a, you know, is a, as you would call it, a fast moving consumer good and FMCG is what that means. Yeah. But it's got such a provenance of age and, and unlike any other product that it, it really is something that I just think should be celebrated but I understand yeah. looking into these things but yeah I, they're I, not the yeah. only ones I have to say looking at the, the articles I've done a bit of research there seems to be a a, a race on or to, I, I don't think it's not a race I think it should be run but there is a race on for these companies to try and bring out faster matured spirits especially whiskey they believe there's a, a market there it's not got the same um, what's the word same romance about it, does Correct. it? Correct. That's it doesn't have the same romance, and I think that's a that's a major point as well. For There's something psychological, so. if you're drinking, you know, an old whiskey, a, a, even a fifteen or a twenty-one or a thirty-year-old, that's just an amazing length of time, and it's it's not just about flavour in the mouth, is it? It's about, as you said, the romance. It's about knowing the effort, it the time it's went into that whiskey. That really, you cannot. That's part of the experience of drinking yeah it's very interesting very interesting i think the other interesting story i mean that that you know i think i think it's it's nice to see these things develop but i don't really see that they'll be catching on personally in in in, in our area of scotch but you know we'll see i mean you know a, a a country could come up with you know specific rules that allow these things or mm-hmm. you know there's there's rules of this this whiskey being made in countries without any rules so you know what's to stop other other countries doing it? But I don't see it happening in Scotland, where we've got so much history. And and you know, at the moment, and as far as I'm concerned, if we look at Scotch, it's not broke, so we don't need to change no, it. No, it's, no, it's, it, You know, for me, it's really about the public there. Whether they, yeah. they they can persuade enough members of of the public oh. to buy into it. Yeah, that I think that's an interesting one. Concern. But that's that's. Yeah. I know you've got a big story lined up, Gordon. But my story is uh, what you're drinking. I'm just going through oh. my, and I. Don't have that much because it's unscripted, but I'm just going to fall back in my dependable, utterly delicious Glengoyne ten-year-old. I hope that's okay well, with yourself. No, that's absolutely fine. That's fine. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm actually got, I've actually got a smokehead. Uh, yeah, I've just got a smokehead original. Uh, felt a bit, felt a bit peaty today. So yeah, I'm just enjoying that. You know, great whiskey. Great, Gordon. I know you've got a lovely big story lined up. I know that. I, well, I don't really. We there's a we. Mm. Um, um, yeah, so so we had a big day this week with uh, Rosebank uh, launching, and rather than me talking about it and you talking about it, we really should get somebody on who's who can really talk better about it. So we, we thought we would get the the brand manager on, um, Katie Katie Muggeridge. How are you? I'm very well, Gordon. How are you? Gordon's. We're, Gordon's. We're, we're, we're well. <laughs> we are well. We are well. This must be. A, a, I don't know if it's a relief, but. My goodness, a 30-year-old, the first worldwide release of Rosebank. Absolutely. You know, it's such an exciting time. It's it's such a huge milestone for us. Mm. Obviously, we've been at this since 2017, um, creating a brand and 
this is the first release that we're really able to truly bring to whiskey fans all over the world and um, the reception's been amazing it, it has and i thought i thought the video that we that was done and released on social media yesterday was was fantastic and we've had some great reactions to that i've noticed and i'm sure you have too katie Absolutely, yeah. No, so the video was we spoke to some of the you know the top whiskey writers in the world and and people that we really love and respect and re- filmed them capturing a genuine first sip. They hadn't even had any clues prior to this, and I think the result when you get something as kind of pure and authentic like as that um, works so well. And yeah. and I must I must at this point give a real shout out to Wire our PR agency because they managed to achieve a international shoot during a pandemic um which yeah. was no easy feat so big thank you to wire for pulling that off it's a fantastic video yeah, Can I no, say, we, we, gordon here i'm looking at i'm looking at it right now and if you're listening to the podcast please yeah. go to the rosebank website soft and creamy on the nose layers of yeah. caramel wafer vanilla nutmeg delight a uh, delicate story and crisp on the palate wonderful balance of gentle syrup pear and pleasing oak spice Mm. A lingering finish of candied violets, orange and faint mint. I'm only reading that because I don't have it in front of me. Katie, take us through uh, the the whiskey. The bottle looks fantastic, but can you give us an insight into the cask makeup? I can indeed. Well, really excitingly for this 30-year-old, it's also a, a vintage 1990, and that means that every single drop of liquid in that bottle was distilled in the one year in 1990. Mm. So that's mm. particularly exciting for, for, for a start. Um, and then the cast makeup, it's it's 62% refill sherry butts and 38% refill bourbon hogsheads. So I know, you know, with Rosebank, we know it's such a unique spirit character that the cask, I've heard it described as it gives a kind of peppering in the maturation. And, and Gordon, you can talk more about that. Mm. Um, but really, we're not expecting to see any big first fill sherry casks in Rosebank. It's not what it's all about here. So this 30-year-old has been selected by our team and created by our team to really show off what Rosebank is known and loved for. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Sorry about the noise in the background. That's fine. Um, Are you having some... Um... I'm having... Yeah, my windows are being, being worked on, which is, you know, that's the, 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 way, the way life is. So it is. I know. Um, I know. But, um, no, that, I think that's... Um, I think what's really exciting about this is it's a whiskey that I think, you know, we want to see people drink it, we want to see people enjoy it. It's a special occasion whiskey, but uh, a 30-year-old from a closed distillery is a pretty rare thing. And I think that's what's been so exciting about it. And the volume, Absolutely. what's the strength? So it's 48.6%. Um, so it's not quite cask strength, but it is unchill filtered as well. So for the purists out there, um, there's a big selling point. Um, so it is it is really something that's a one-off. It's mar- it's release one. So we are going to be bringing something special like this out globally each year. So this is, this is one of a number. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of attributes of this whiskey and make it really quite special and one that we're, we're really, really proud of. And just one thing I want to ask, because I know we get asked a lot, and I know is is obviously um, we're we're currently in the process of of rebuilding the distillery and things like that as well. Um, and um, I mean, I know COVID is moving things on. Do you have any timescales on that? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, COVID caused a pause to the whole industry in many many ways but i think in construction um it was you know one of the greatest so we've actually taken the time to pause and reflect on our plans um to make sure that we are doing things in the right order in the right way um and we are planning to restart the build in early 2021 so those of you who live near falkirk you'll see there's not a lot of activity at the moment but rest assured that will resume in early in the new year yeah and that's news yeah 
definitely the message is we will be. Uh, I think we're aiming to, yeah, and I think we're aiming to be um, have the sales running again now by probably about mid twenty twenty two. So just that timeline push back a little bit. No, that's great. That's uh, Katie, you mentioned about selling. How has the sales been? Has there been a, a response? And if so, was it national or international? The response has been phenomenal. It's been oh, wow. it's been global. It's been all over the world. Um, as well as I'm pleased to say, our local neighbours in Falkirk and wider parts of the UK. Yesterday, when we announced the news, you know, really we couldn't have asked for a better reception from both the fans. You know, obviously we've got our, our Rosebank Club. Um, that you can sign up to hear hear um, from the brand directly on, and um, the the website traffic, the website nearly crashed a few times because of the influx of people trying to get on. So you're you're really really delighted with that. Um, the, the the thing is that it's, it's a hand bottled whiskey, so it does take a, a while to produce. So I know some people out there will be very patient waiting patiently waiting for their bottles. There will be some more brought out, and obviously it's shipping all around the world as we speak now. Um, so this is a release that we really want to be out there and enjoyed over the course of the next year. So yes, we've got an amazing first rush, but don't worry, there's plenty more to come. And Gordon, just and maybe Katie as well, for those maybe are listening to the podcast that aren't as conversant with Rosebank, Gordon, could you explain why there's such a a, 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 a huge sort of public interest? In yeah. This? Well, I mean, it's it, it's it's one of those whiskies that probably actually became much more sought after when it closed, if you know what I mean, and became rarer. And uh, Michael Jackson, a famous whiskey writer, um, called it the, the, the king of the king of the lowlands. And, you know, I think his quote was, if, if there was a God, then Rosebank would be reopened. And, and there, you know, that's exactly what we are doing. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping Michael Jackson's looking down on it, going, that's just one of the best things, and particularly yesterday. Um, so, yeah, very iconic whiskey, a lowland style, triple distilled, worm tub condenser it's just a very unique style of whiskey and a, and a whiskey that is driven by the spirit style more than the cask maturation which is pretty rare these days so you know a, a great whiskey and and you know i can understand why a lot of people are after the uh, are after the bottles and why why the website crashed that's something gordon that we could only aspire to <laughs> on uh, whiskey unscripted um i don't think our website's we don't have a website um but I think it's come anywhere near crashing. But I do think we should take the wire on as our PR consultants. I so. And I tell you what, Katie, we're not half as good looking as that bottle. Because you explain, it seems to have a different shape. I'm looking at it. And is that engraving in the, the top part? It is. Uh, well, well, it's actually sandblasting, Gordon. Um, so I won't bore you with all the ins and outs of the, the techniques. But we, with the Rosebank design, we actually took a lot of inspiration from Japanese whiskey packaging and that we wanted to create something that was, you know, really showed understated elegance. And I think the beauty of some Japanese whiskey packaging is its simplicity um, and really, you know, showing off the whiskey itself. So that's what we've done here. So um, we've got the beautiful eye, uh, rose icons sandblasted onto the neck of the bottle. I've not actually seen that done before in whiskey packaging yet. That's something quite new. And obviously you can see the the label as well just really highlighting the rose and the particular tasting notes of it so we felt the packaging is really it's it's really quite exceptional within prestige whiskey packaging that exists now although to look at it's not shouty or showy or flashy it's just pure understated elegance and again shout out to d8 for the beautiful design work they've done on the rosemary brand no, I love it. It's great. The, the, the whiskey's great. The packaging's great. It's a great, great combination of everything. So, no, it's great to see it out. I know it's been a lot of work, Katie, so congratulations. Katie Muggeridge. Yeah. 
continued success and this is only the beginning as they say thank you very much thank you oh that was great there gordon gordon can i get you back to the the, the whiskey wonders of the world i've given you the the spay yeah i'll give you one more i'll give you one more the mighty oak that's surely it needs to be of course it's essential so 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 they're absolutely the wonders of definitely i think the third most important one almost if i'm honest not mm -hmm. that the spay is the most important water probably is ultimately oh. the most important but the spay is a really iconic is the people ah yes yes uh, i think the people's a big one the uh, people in this industry is what makes this industry a, a pleasure to work in and uh it wouldn't be half the industry it was without the good people that are in it so that has to be a wonder you know, the, 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 the skill and the knowledge has, I mean, it's a cliche, but it has been passed down from generation to generation, really, yeah. for hundreds of years. So uh, people yeah. are very good. I'll give you, could I, since we're yeah. on that, let's go just for the land, for the landscape. Could you make Scotch whiskey anywhere in the world? I don't think so. Surely it has to be something to do with the land, uh, the rain that falls on it, that goes through those lovely hard volcanic rocks and makes its way into the whiskey. Would that be a... Could we put land down? Yeah, yeah, geography. Yeah, I geography. think that's probably true. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, you can make single malt anywhere. And the diverse range of Scotch single malts is, is probably the most diverse there is. The climate of any, or the climate or the geography of any particular region has an impact on the, on the, uh, on the whiskey for sure. Um, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. So we've got three more, Gordon, for this whiskey. Wonders. We'll, go, we'll come back to that. We'll come yeah, back, come to, back that. to that. Come back to that. Yeah. Now we've got a little interview that I did a couple of days ago with what were in the old days called tour guides, mm. but they're now we call them distillery ambassadors because yes, they do more than just take people around on tour. When it's not a pandemic, you'll go out of the distillery to conduct tastings to conduct food pairings you'll do malt masters so it's, it's a, now called distillery ambassadors before we do gordon they can make or break an experience if you go to any tour facility in around the world it's who takes you around that's so important have you got any off path that you can think of that's been influential and giving you a good time oh i mean there's there's been a few i've been on some of my kentucky done some amazing tours in Kentucky. Um, I did a great tour of Canadian Club once where I uh -huh. sat in the room that, 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 that had an amazing story of prohibition and um, all those stories of, of whiskies getting sort of sort of smuggled from Canada into America and Al Capone had sat in that room and all this sort of thing. So yeah, it was uh, very, very, very interesting. That's great. I've, yeah, I've, no. got, I've got one out with um, out with the world of alcohol. I've, in fact, I've got three. I've got one in Scotland, one in England, one in Spain. The Spanish one, Tio Pepe. What a wonderful tour that was. Going round a lovely Sherry Bodega. Uh, the lovely little pocket rocket we called her. We took us round, not to be messed with, but just a wonderful um, tour. If you ever get a chance to go round there, that was wonderful. Uh, England, I'll take you to Annick Gardens. It's worth a, a, a tour. They've got a lovely sealed garden where they have the poisonous plants. And the tour guide that took us around there was talking about some of the poisons that were made from these plants that, um, that would be used to bump off your rivals in the Middle Ages. Wonderful. Like rhubarb leaves. Yeah. Who'd have ever right. thought? And my last one, have I have to say, was Ian Whitecross. Took me around Tamdu once. And then Sandy did as well. 
And who I'll is get... better? <laughs> well, that was a tough one. <laughs> I'll see Sandy. He's bigger. But they were fantastic behind the scene tours. So three, yeah. three great tours there for, for me. I've been I've done a lot of tours and um I, I, I did a lot when I was working for Whiskey Magazine which were totally behind the scenes and totally you know experiences that you never get and there's almost too many to mention but uh but you've mentioned gordon and the whiskey wonders of the world people and you know although people want to come and see the whiskey it's the people that take them round, and that's what really makes the experience oh totally like the, the, the people i was on a podcast yesterday talking about this and you know the people is everything the people is everything that makes makes the experience as good as it can be at a at a distillery or at a whiskey show. In any way in which a brand touches the consumer, uh, if there's passion there and there's knowledge and you combine all that in a really good way of communicating, then, you know, it works. And that's what's fantastic about the, the team at Glengoyne because they, you know, it's a busy distillery or normally would be a busy distillery. And, and even though it's busy, it's we have enough people, we have really good people that, that deliver a fantastic experience. And... Um, and that's what you're going to hear from these wonderful ladies that are going to talk to us about what, they, what they've been doing and how, how they do what they do. Well, that's a um, great tee-up, Gordon. In fact, let's just do that right now. Here's the interview. We should be recording. So I am delighted to say I am joined by distillery ambassadors. But rather than me tell you who they are, would you mind letting Whiskey Unscripted know who you are? Yeah, hello, I'm Laura. Uh, I'm a distillery ambassador at Glengoyne, and I've been working there for about three years now. And we're just sort of uh, trying to get to grips with how to run a distillery in these weird times. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. I'm Vivian, and uh, I've been a distillery ambassador here at Glengoyne. This is my fifth year, and I still love it. Absolutely, the people and the environment, and it's such a gorgeous place to come to work. Wonderful. And? Um, hello, uh, my name is Ellen. I'm a distillery ambassador at Glengoyne. I've been working at Glengoyne for about a year and a half, coming into kind of two years now. Um, I'm a student as well, so I'm kind of balancing that, but um, I absolutely love it. It's great fun. Well, that's a, that's a tough one, student and, <laughs> and working in the distillery. So what is, is going to cover a couple of features that we do in Whiskey Unscripted. Really, the first one would be the insider's guide. And just please jump into the conversation. What is the job? And could you just outline what you physically do because it's not obviously just your guys at Glengoyne this is across the country there are uh, ambassadors for distilleries so could you just outline what you do of a day and do you like the job? Um, I, I think uh, my role is about um, sharing our amazing products and um, sometimes it's introducing people to whiskey for the first time it's a real memory maker and uh, quite often we're people's gifts so it's about making sure that they have a brilliant time. So I spend a lot of my time smiling and a lot of people <laughs> smiling at me. So that's uh, a, a nice element of what we do. I love that, Vivian. I love that memory maker. That's a great, a great way of uh, putting it. Yeah, I think as well, part of the biggest thing right now is just trying to figure out how yeah. to give people the best experience at the distillery that we can. And, you know, things have changed a lot over the past couple of months, but it's really exciting just to see what we can do given the slightly different circumstances because obviously we're not going around the actual distillery anymore it's a bit too small for uh, social distancing <laughs> so it's nice to get a wee bit more in depth with the tastings and have just that sort of uh, full hour to just chat away and really get to know people and get to know their experience with whiskey and how far they've come with it and things like that as well and what's the feedback like laura what what, what are people saying about it 
they seem to be going pretty well, but they're about three drams deep at that point, so I just don't know um, if we can take the word for granted. But people seem to be really enjoying it, and it's it's nice for us, I would say, because it's something a little bit different, and you do yeah. tend to get people who are like really, really into their whiskies now, because it's not so much just a wee check off the tourist box, because it's a sit down, fully immersive sort of tasting experience. You get people who absolutely adore not just whiskey, but in particular Glengoyne which is always a nice wee treat for any um, silly ambassador, I would say. Yeah, and just before we get into the nitty-gritty of that, Ellen, can I just take you back to a world that was pre-COVID? And mm. what is the job? <laughs> what, could you just outline what the job what we, entailed on a daily basis? Yeah, what we did before. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, like, what, <clears throat> not just myself, but um, Lauren, Vivian as well, like, it's, it is quite different to what we did before. Um, previously, like I said, as I'm a student, like I'd only been on the weekends generally, and we were doing the tours around the Stillhouse. Um, obviously, we did a lot of different kinds of tours, um, a bit more extensive. And the longer you've been here, the more you've been trained up to do. So I've not been here too long. So I did kind of more basic tours, if you like, um, which I really enjoyed. You got to go in the Stillhouse, meet lots of people um, from all over the world. Um, so it was it was mainly kind of. At that time, anyway, I focused a lot on the tours. That's kind of what I yeah. did. So we didn't have the online option. I think it's actually really refreshing now to have a different option. Um, it's been good for me. I feel like I've learned a lot as well. It's really developed <laughs> my knowledge as well as my skills. So um, I, I loved it before and I'm loving it now. So Great, Ellen, one of my questions, I'm going to ask this to all of yeah. you. Um, just, again, before COVID, what were the challenges? And you just mentioned here about, and I've done the job as well and sometimes yeah. language for me was a challenge but what is yeah. the challenges when you're taking people around on tour well it depends on the language <laughs> um now you've got for, language though haven't yeah, you yeah myself laura and vivian are all kind of speaking french slash learning french um so it was a really great opportunity actually to practice it like i lived in france for a couple of years so i had you know i was speaking it all the time but when i came back none of my friends speak the language but it was an opportunity to use it at work um and it was, it's mad the difference when you can really communicate with someone, um, even if it's a little bit dodgy, um, like you're missing vocab in places. Oh, come on, but come on. You, like, cannot, you can't mention that without telling us. What is, <laughs> what is the dodgy part of um, trying to take just, a tour and turn it into French? I mean, just miscommunication, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> jump in, Vivian, the, jump in. Um, the difference between <clears throat> the word for cask <clears throat> Pardon me, the word for cask and the word for crazy is yeah. pretty much yeah. the same. It? it just depends on how you say it. It's like foo or foo. And so yeah, often yeah. I would say I'm crazy instead of a cask. So I mean, I just, um, <laughs> the jargon, I think, was always the big one because it's like yeah. everything has this weird name that has no translation. <laughs> My go-to was always just say it in a really French accent and hope for the best. Yeah. 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 It would always work. Oh, it was yeah. like um, New Make Spirit. It was something like, um, yeah, I used to just make stuff up all the time. I would, it would change yeah. every tour. So I never really knew what it was. So I'd just be like, hmm, uh, distiller. <laughs> and no one questions you on it. It's just a matter of confidence. No. Yeah. You, I would get a lot of giggles from the French people and migrants. Oh, God, yeah. um, they were always so sweet, though. Yeah, yeah they um, were very nice. They're very understanding I remember, of your attempts. Yeah, see, with the Canadian French as well, it's so oh, yeah. different, oh. and I didn't realise. I literally thought I'd, I'd forgotten how to speak French. I remember the first yeah. tour I had was Canadian French, um, and I genuinely thought I'd like my brain just wasn't working. I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, and you're just gonna have to adapt um, and try it. 
you would so, never, yeah. you would never think that though. A Canadian French, you know, and trying to do your French around a distillery, it's, it's, it's that's a challenge. These are the little yeah. details people maybe yeah. don't think about. Yeah, I think the good thing though is a lot of people who come, they they're so understanding of the fact that like you're just trying your best. Yeah, absolutely. And they're just buzzing because they're getting to see the distillery, they get their whiskey and. If you can sort of hodgepodge your way through it and they get most of it, they're more than happy by the time they leave. And people are generally very good about it. We're, we're all quite yeah. passionate about our whiskey, aren't we? So yes, I think yeah, that comes across. Well, that'd be, that'd be yeah. my other question. Why? Why a distillery? Why whiskey? Anyone, jump in. I think I sort of just fell into this job, really, because I was like freshly <laughs> 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, my sister was working here and she said to me, you know, they're hiring, they're looking for students who speak a language. So I thought, well, I might as well give it a go. And at this point, my only experience with whiskey had really been Jack and Coke. So um, (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. But it's sort of this place where you just immediately get really into it. Mm. Like, Mm. I don't know many of my friends who also, you know, had part-time jobs and things over uni. It was bar work or restaurants or cafes. And it was really just a matter of getting a paycheck. And I think, I always felt like, the odd one out because I actually loved my job and it's something that I mean Glengoyne aside whiskey industry in general is very very friendly and it just brings a lot of people together and you get to meet so many folk and it's just a really exciting job for an 18 year old to have and that sort of novelty hasn't really worn off over the past three four years. It's a properly diverse team though I mean it's Mm. a really nice mix of age groups and a really nice mix of gender I would mm-hmm. say we're pretty even yeah. girls and guys and the age ranges from 18 to recently I think it was I don't mean to be rude about our lovely colleague Janet um, but she was in her <laughs> she was in Octonair was it Octonair is that the word? Yeah, she was in her 80s. so, mm-hmm. so yeah. everything in between so um, I think that gives a really nice feel to the place yeah. yeah it is lovely and you kind of come back from work and you've made best friends with a 70 year old and yeah. it's lovely as an 18 year old you're getting all points of view it's great well i suppose you know at this point in time i have to ask you are two of your in the younger part of your life if that's okay vivian mm-hmm. um, yeah. Thank you, and, but you're all you're all women you're all ladies uh, in the yes, whiskey yeah. industry now there's been newspaper headlines i have to mm-hmm. ask you about attitudes have you confronted or have you had maybe negative attitudes from stereotypical stereotypes out there? Yeah, I th- there was no sort of getting away from it. Yeah. Uh, I think especially probably for myself and Ellen as well, yeah. being the on ones. the younger side too <laughs> doesn't help. It's like one thing after another. Yeah. And it's really just a sort of patronising thing more than anything. Yeah. And the idea I- that you cannot possibly know more than them. <laughs> yeah, they're always trying to kind of prove that they know more than you. It's it's very rare on the occasion that you have someone that kind of treats you that way, which is mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for. The majority of people we have are absolutely lovely, and I will say that. But yeah. you do get the odd group or the odd person that comes in, and they look, well, they take one look at you and think, oh, you don't know anything about whiskey, and then I spend mm-hmm. the whole time trying to prove them wrong. Um, so. Um, I think that yeah. was that was before as well. I mean, we had another colleague, um, Katie, Katie B, mm-hmm. absolutely oh. gorgeous girl, still works for the organisation, um, and I think she she got a lot of that because um, mm. she's you know they're, they're, be- they're all beautiful girls, and it's I think I don't know, there's a bit of an attitude. I don't know. Um, I I just give them the, <clears throat> a look, and they're like, no, okay, we won't miss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, I think um, so. it's a bit. It can be a bit hit or miss sometimes, and sometimes <clears throat> it is somewhat harmless. 
Um, yeah. But it does, it gets under your skin yeah. very yeah. easily, I think, because we've all gone through very extensive training. And, of course we have. You know, we, we know our stuff and mm-hmm. it's a bit demoralising to be treated as if you just don't at all, especially like off-site things. And I think thankfully yeah. it's quite rare. It is, it is. Really rare. Yeah. I'd say 99.9% of the time, no issue. It's just yeah. that tiny little 0.1%. Yeah, exactly. I think it's always kind of nice to be able to surprise people as well with your knowledge. Like mm-hmm. even like off-site, like without work, um, the amount of people I've met, um, and they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I'm like, oh, "I work at whiskey distillery." And they're like, "What?" But they're just so yeah. caught off guard by it. And I absolutely love it. I'm like, "Oh, I can tell you all about it." And like I've held you like these things <laughs> for friends. Like, um, yeah, I think that's kind of a nice element too. If you like, <laughs> yeah. can I ask you just on that point, Ellen and Laura? Yeah. Your friends, you know, mm. students and just graduated. For Whiskey Unscripted, is there a, I don't know what the word is, um, <laughs> attitude for scotch? A sort of appetite is the word for yeah. scotch? I'm yeah, forcing so. my friends to have one. <laughs> Good. Yeah. They don't get a choice. Um, I often bring things back, like samples and things that we get given from the distillery, and I'm just forcing them to enjoy them. Um, and yeah. I think, price point aside, mm. there definitely is, but I think that would be... <laughs> The thing that maybe puts people of like my age off a little bit is just right. it is a pricey yeah. thing. Because in the past, it's been seen, um, yeah. you know, in the 80s, it was seen as an old man's drink, and the young people yeah. just lost contact with Scotch whisky. That's maybe what I was asking. Mm. Is there contact with Scotch whisky? Do you think? I think so. Yeah, I think more and more in the past couple of years. I think it's on the kind of um, on the up, if you will. Um, mm. Especially when, like, I before COVID, I'd been to a few distilleries and quite a few of them were actually pushing more, kind of, uh, making it easier, if you will, for younger folk to get into whiskey, kind mm. of introducing the idea of whiskey cocktails and um, mm. kind of fun ways to have whiskey and try these different, you know, there's so many whiskeys out there, you'll find something that you like. And, and the same as Laura, I've been kind of forcing it <laughs> upon my friends. <laughs> Um, even to a friend that didn't really drink and now she absolutely loves whiskey so um, yeah it's interesting it's uh, I think a lot more people are getting into it and I think when you actually know what's going on behind they're kind of like oh I didn't know about it so and I love that carry on Vivian sorry Gordon we get a lot of family generational visits so it'll be Mm -hmm. like dads and mums and bringing you know the younger members of their family to be introduced to it um, Mm. through a tasting experience or through a tour um, and particularly at this time, you know, it's, it's a good connector for people um, and it is a nice way for people to kind of have have a conversation, um, you know, so yes. we, do, we do get a lot of kind of cross-generational visitors. And on that mm-hmm. subject of connecting, Vivian, could you just outline what is going on with these online tours? What, what happens? <laughs> um, and do people, can people connect? Just explain what, what, what we do. It's super easy. I mean, they literally um, log into Zoom and we send them a little passcode and they can log in and join us. And it's a bit like we join you on the sofa. Um, you don't have to go anywhere. We, you know, we send you the lovely kit of whiskies, um, which, you know, I do like to mention that, you know, it's, it's not just what's happening up front. There's a lot of preparation goes on behind it. And we've got an incredible team of guys in our retail and dispatch team. I have to put a, bit, a special shout out to Eloise Hamilton, who's the queen of dispatch. Um, <laughs> and she makes sure that we get the kits sent to the right places in the right time. And, you know, we've got the event team, we've got Rona and we've got Sarah. And they're making sure that we're getting the information to send the kits to people. 
and then they log in it's dead easy at home and you're just sitting in your own home and we come and join you on the sofa and we share a few drams with you we give you lots of information about it it's it's interactive if you want to chat to us we're happy for that to happen if you'd rather not you're not forced there's nothing like that and also it's completely private um, we don't record the sessions. It's just, it's just done. Um, you know, very. It, your privacy is very important to us, um, and it's just a very laid back, very relaxed um, opportunity to have a conversation with two of us. Um, we tend to have two of us on the call, um, and that's for technical reasons. It gives you a, a much smoother experience, and it also means that if, for an example, um, one of our systems was to, to crash, and um, the other person would then continue on with the call and. Our, our customers don't don't miss out in any way, shape, or form. So, yes, yeah. uh, but it's very very relaxed. Wi-Fi crashing? Does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, um, not often. Ellen, not Laura, often. How, how, okay. how's it been? Give us uh, give us a wee flavour of of what's happened so far on the online world of whiskey. It's been really fun. It's been nice. Yeah. I'm just nosy, so I like to see the inside of other people's houses <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, but it's you know we've had a lot of really interesting people come along and it seems to mm. um yeah range from all ages and things myself and vivian at the beginning of the online tasting offering we had um a, fa a man come on and his son came on who was a wee magician and he gave oh us God, a little yeah. show <laughs> oh, which was fantastic. great added an extra finley layer the great, to the finley the great finley exactly the great. finley the great he was, his name was yeah. signed in as finley the great because his son had been on a zoom <laughs> call for the magic, magic circle or something yeah. beforehand yeah. And his dad had forgotten to change the name, yeah. so we were like, oh, hi, Finley the Great. And he's like, oh, 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 that's not me. And so then we had to have a bit of a magic show, and then the little chap left yeah. us to it. So yeah. it was just his dad. It wasn't It wasn't the wee one taking yeah. part as well. <laughs> it's been, I think it, because you're in your own home as well, people get a lot more relaxed. And I think yeah. because they're just in their own surroundings, they're very happy to just sit and like chat away, and they really get into it. And it's a very comfortable experience and it's just something fun to do when everything mm. else is sort of just in flames so i think like it yeah. makes it easier for them to enjoy it as well like they're in their own home mm. there's no time restraint on how long they have to finish their whiskey or anything like that yeah. and mm. obviously here at glengoyne everything we like to say is unhurried we want you to take your time and enjoy the whiskey so that they can really do that now they're in their own space and just they can go back and forth and compare the whiskies once the tasting's even over um, and I'd say my favourite thing about it is the wee halftime break we have where we get yeah. them to go and find whiskey memorabilia or tell us a whiskey story. Um, it's a really nice way to see what special things people have at home and um, kind of gives you a little insight as to why they're you know maybe so interested in whiskey oh, and God. like you we're saying about generations. Ellen, you can't tease us like this. Give us a story. <laughs> you don't need to name them. Just um, give us a, give us a, give us one that interested you. I love these whiskey memorabilia. That we we'll love yeah. that in whiskey unscripted. And I'll ask each uh, one of you, if you don't mind. <laughs> I think my favourite one was, um, there was a gentleman who, he, 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 he like didn't have anything at first, and he was like, oh, actually, I do have something. He like ran away and came back, and he basically had this clock. What, had, what I can't speak now. His dad used to drink whiskey, and I can't remember which one it was, actually, but basically his father's last ever bottle of whiskey he had before he passed away he had it and he basically got it kind of melted and kind of flattened down and he turned that into a clock. So he had his father's like last bottle of whiskey and kind of 
reinvented it into a wee clock, which Absolute. I thought was really... Isn't it sensational? Yeah. That's fantastic. So sentimental. Yes. Um, Anyone else? Because I love these stories. So are our listeners. Um, very poignant. I mean, we have had um, people show us um, bottles that they got on their honeymoon, and oh. they've booked the online tasting for their anniversary, and they've then shared a dram, or they showed us the bottle um, when, when you know, to say, well, we got it on our wedding, and this is this, our, on our anniversary, so this is our anniversary bottle. And as a lot of people have... Um, shown us bottles that they've got mm -hmm. for their children's 18th or 21st yeah. and okay. they're still keeping it and it's totally precious to them. Um, another sort of funny one was when somebody brought their cat. Yeah, a little more <laughs> abstract. Uh, that one. <laughs> and their cat was called Whiskey, yeah. so they brought their cat. <laughs> ah, I like that. Can't beat a good cat. <laughs> I, I did one um, about a month ago as a gentleman showed me a hundred year old bottle of whiskey and Ooh. it had been on a boat that sank in the River Clyde in 1897 and it hadn't got out the river hadn't got to the ocean it sank with lots of uh, beer and lots of whiskey on board and oh, divers yeah. went down I think in the 70s and this is one of the bottles retrieved could you imagine in 1897 what happened? Oh. I mean, jump in! Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's a bit a bit like our whiskey galore moment uh, at the great storm of 1888 at Glengoyne, isn't it? <laughs> it's right. Barrels go missing. I know, I love it. Yeah. We're coming up for 20 minutes. I could speak all, I could speak all show. But um, just to finish the show, we've talked about some of the people that brought their stories. Have each of you got a whiskey moment? Again, we like talking about moments on this show, whether it's with an actual whiskey, and it doesn't need to be one of ours, or it's a moment <laughs> whiskey related. Have you got something, a moment in time? So... Oh. Uh, last year, yes, yes. Laura. last year I lived in France and we used to go to a very particular bar and we went all the time and sort of a tradition in a lot of French bars, if you become a bit of a regular, they give you sort of a parting drink and that. it tended to be this, you love it until you find out what it is, um, <laughs> it used to be this sort of bright green, I think it's called like Jet 52 or something. Tasted like mouthwash, was oh. absolutely horrendous, but it was free, so you took it. Okay. And then um, one night we were leaving and the bartender said, you know, we'll give you a shot before you go, what's everyone after? And he ended up pouring out Jack Daniels and the people that I were with started laughing. The bartender didn't know why. And then they told him, no, she's Scottish and she works in a distillery, so this is a bit sacrilegious. And I was like, no, it's fine, I'll, just, I'll drink the Jack Daniels, I don't mind. And he ended up giving me a glass of a whiskey that I can't exactly remember the name of now. It was about 20 euros ago. And um, he gave me that because he felt guilty and no one else got it. But it, it made me feel very um, at home. Wonderful. And it was a nice wee sort of moment of not only whiskey, but, you know, Scotland as well. What part so, of France, Laura? Um, in the South, X, about 30 minutes away from Marseille, roughly. Right, okay. Well, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Ellen? Okay, the one thing I can think of um, was last year, I think it was, oh, it must have been October, so I was doing Sober October, and I'd lasted really, really well, right? And um, we went up north to visit family, and we stopped by Tomatin um, oh, Whiskey Distillery. Yes, yes. Uh, had a lovely little tour, it was a really nice wee time, um, and I think it was, oh wait, actually no, it was, it was right before, I take that back. Love but basically... Up, yeah. They, we chatted about how we were from Glengoyne and all this kind of stuff, just 
I don't know, conversation. And they're like, oh, we'll give you a wee dram. And I was like, oh, great. Sat down, had a sip. And at that point, I remembered I was doing Sober October. And I was like, I've ruined it. I've done it. And I had to like, take my flatmates. And I was like, oh, no, I ruined it. I'm so sorry. And they're like, it's fine. Just like enjoy your dram. And so I did. And I actually really liked it, man. Um, it's getting cold. And I've really had nice. it a few times since. So. And it's lovely up there, isn't it? Yeah, it's a yeah. lovely, lovely atmosphere mm-hmm. up there. And, yeah. and really nice. Vivian! Whiskey moments, either whiskey moment, moment or an experience. Um, <laughs> I, again, it comes back to the people, family. Uh, it's you know, whiskey has a habit of doing that too. Um, I got a bottle of our Glengoyne Twenty Five from my dad's 80th last oh, year, yes. uh, <laughs> along with my brother and sister. Um, we contributed, and uh, he thoroughly enjoyed it because I said to him, you know, it's not for keeping, just damn well drink it and enjoy it. And he absolutely loved it. And the just the wee smile on his face, it just it just made my day. Uh, so it's yeah. So whiskey, family, love. Oh, that's lovely. That's not one of those old tricks when you get give someone the bottle, but you say it's for drinking. So <laughs> crack open now. <laughs> no, he he no no he didn't. He had it himself. So uh, he just took his time. Took his time, but that's the thing. I just you know we now and again it wasn't you know small quantity, but. Uh, uh, just took his time with it and thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh. <laughs> so just to conclude the Insider's Guide, would you recommend this job to people yes. listening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, very much so. It sounds like it. Listen, Vivian, Ellen and Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the Whiskey Unscripted and we hope to get the world back to normal and people can come and see you in the flesh as we take yeah. you take you round Glengoyne. The advantage Thank of online, this is no masks, so it's great. We get to see everybody smile. <laughs> 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 yeah. Online, that's as well. Get, get online. Absolutely. Thank Thanks, you very much. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that was that, Gordon. I mean, a great interview. Uh, very passionate uh, ladies, as you said there. And we're just hoping things might go back to normal some point in the future when people can come round and meet them all and we'll go round... Um, the distillery, but in the meanwhile, we're online. So that's that's a great part of the the story, at least, we are available online. Let's just hope things get back to normal because, you know, with such wonderful uh, wonderful experiences ar- across the industry. And, um, you know, yes, we can do stuff online. It's very, very good and you'll enjoy it. But it isn't ultimately the same as going there, if nah, we're honest. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, go, go, can we leave the A to Zs another another week? Yeah. No. Well. well I mean, it's the I'm letter Q, so <laughs> we're, you may never see this feature again. <laughs> just um, running scared a little bit there. Um, well, I just wanted to compile the seven whiskies, the seven whiskey wonders of the worlds, the equivalent oh, of the pyramids, oh, right, the equivalent yeah. of the hanging gardens of Babylon. We've got the oak. Mm-hmm. We've got the spay. Um, we had the sort of lands, the people. Um, I have to put one in, which would be, without it, we would have nothing. And that is copper. The amazing metal that you can explain fully, Gordon, without copper, you would not have the flavours you would have in in the spirit and in the whiskey. No, I mean, in a very simple way, if you made your stills out of stainless steel, you'd have a very, very unpalatable spirit. It would be very harsh and sulphury and... The copper extracts really, and that's why we need to replace stills after times because the copper ultimately wears away. But it adds, it extracts as well, and that's what's really, really important with the copper. So, so copper, I would agree. Um, you know, we could make whiskey without barley if we're honest. Um, we wouldn't make single malt, but you can make whiskey without barley. So, um, you know, from a whiskey perspective, I don't think barley is a is a wonder. Um, 
It's important for single malt, obviously. Um, yes. But copper is essential, I think, for, uh, it is for a wonder, smoothness. It, for sure, for sure. Can do I, I did hear that silver had the same sort of properties as A little bit more copper. expensive. More expensive. And I, I think it's uh -huh. even less malleable. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Could you... Is there an argument for the island of Isla? No. Okay. I mean, I'm an Isla fan. Um, we're, we're needing but, another wonder. Don't worry, we'll come up with another wonder. Um, I think Isla, Isla's a great place and it should be a wonder of the world. Ah. But but actually, in terms of seven wonders of whiskey, okay. no, I don't, I don't think Isla on Gordon, its own. Gordon, I've hit the bar with that. I'm going to throw another one at you. Uh, angels. Without the angels, there would be no... Um, without their share, we may have some of the more unpalatable qualities in that cask. Are oh, the angels back. of Scotland a wonder of the world? No. Right. Okay. We've hit the bar no, again. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're 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 sometimes overly greedy, and okay. uh, uh, I think, as I said, time is important and all that. But uh, I don't think they're a wonder of the world. I think what is a wonder of the world is is w these wonderful places that you can drink whiskey. Like it. Um. So all of our these wonderful bars. I've Watering been, holes. I've been to many bars and places. That's so. It's so social. That whiskey is a social thing. It's a drink. That you have to you have to recognise that element of it. People remember whiskey because of or remember occasions that include whiskey. And and they and and I've said this many times that you know people will go, oh, I tasted that Glengoyne 15 or Glengoyne 18. I tasted it 10 years ago. What a dram! What a dram it was. And they're remembering not just the whiskey, but they're remembering the whole occasion. And it's amplified in their head. That is a wonder. So that has to be the, the, the occasions and the social and, and where you drink whiskey. So whether that's in a bar, with friends, in a house or whatever it is, that's a really, really important part of it. So that has to be a wonder that, because of the it's the impact it has on you as a drink. That's right. That can take in so much. It's such a wide yeah. scope there. You put, you're almost given this two things there. Yeah. Uh, the romance, the psychological mm. effects it has on people. There was a lovely, um, I was reading about the MRI scanner experiment. People were put into an MRI scanner and told to drink one um, soft drink that wasn't a brand and one soft drink that was a brand. And if people knew what they were drinking, the different parts of the brain fired. And if you know you're drinking a lovely 20-year-old, 30-year-old or a great, your favourite scotch, it's just going to have such a different experience mm. than drinking what we're talking about, a three-day matured whiskey from the Silicon Valley. So I understand exactly. what you're saying here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Is that seven? I think we're at... Yeah, I'll, I'll, or is I that think six? Be, it is six, but yours is such a wide... Uh, do you know one one more wonder of the world, uh, and I like how you've moved on there. I've stood in quite a few of them. You'll have stood in thousands of them, but something about a Dunnage warehouse. Standing, having a dram in a Dunnage warehouse. It's not quite the watering hole, but it is a place of, I don't know, Gordon, magic. Well, any warehouse is a bit magical. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the old Dunnage-style warehouses, when you walk in there, you want to drink whiskey, you want to get involved with that wonderful whiskey sort of thing. So, I mean, I think... I think Are they magic? Are they are magical. Are they I want a wonder, wonder of, of whiskey? Oh, I don't know if they're a whiskey wonder of the world. I mean, I think warehousing... I think maturation is a whiskey wonder of the world. Yeah, if we definitely. take it back to a rawest form. You know, we we still don't know what happens in casks half you know half the time. So, um, you know, we just don't know. And I remember sitting through a a, a Scotch Whiskey Research Institute presentation mm -hmm. about 
three months ago. I think you sat through it as well. Yes. Very interesting. And some real geek guys talking about what wood does to whiskey. But ultimately, their summary at the end of it was pretty much on one part of maturation. We still don't know what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how they summed it up after speaking to us for half an hour. I was like, oh, well, okay. So you still don't ultimately know how how this how how this happens and 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 how certain things happen in in a in a in in a whiskey cask. And I think that ultimately is the is the wondrous part. And that links back to what we were saying about Silicon Valley earlier and why waiting for it. Well, you know, we're not going to have a rose bank if we look at rose bank. We're not going to have a rose bank till twenty thirty probably. Yeah. We've got to wait for it, but um, that's half the half the sort of not fun, but half the the reason we do it, you know. Okay, well, it's going to be such it's going to be such a so interesting. You know, you always in this climate, you always want to look forward to something. Yeah, that's what yeah. people want. We wanted to look forward to Christmas. We hope that's still going to happen as a, a an entity. Oh, I'm not but sure. I'm not a big Christmas fan, to be honest. T- oh God, I'll have you. I'll have you in a Santa outfit before the end of the year. But Rosebank, that's as Katie was saying. Possibly 2022, doors only open and it will be a visitor attraction. They will be able to get in there and that is something that uh, is great to look forward to, Gordon. I can't wait for that. I've been doing my research on the in the Falkirk backstory as well and it's so interesting with the canal right there. You know, wonderful. And that will be part of the experience. So that's going to be great to look forward to. Yeah, uh, uh, so, so I think we've probably... So what, 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 what were the seven wonders again? The seven, I'm just about to get myself a last wee ten-year-old uh, to tuck in, tuck in. Well, the mighty oak, the Quercus uh, uh-huh, yeah. genus of Quercus, Alba or Rober. Then the Spey, the mighty Spey River uh, that has its own region, yeah. as you say, copper, that magical metal that takes mm-hmm. the sulphurous notes out of the wash. Um, mm-hmm. We had the people, the people of Scotland's the, the knowledge passed down to them. We had the lands, the actual terroir some people claim it's not important but scotland as a place as an end as a place of distillation and maturation then that word maturation as well Uh, you said that was a magical place and watering holes the places where we consume and meet people and come together and drink Mm, scotch whiskey definitely great i'm glad we've nailed that that's fantastic i think we should just we should just publish we should just publish that as as that is that is what they are. No arguments, and right. uh, that's that's us sorted that out. I'm that's very glad that. to hear that. I think what was also interesting. It's not a bit of news, but it is. I posted on Facebook the other day. Really interesting to see and and refreshing to see. Actually, there was a whiskey show in China at the weekend in Shenzhen, oh. and we were the, we were there, and there was lots of people enjoying whiskey, and it just made me think. Let's just if we can just get back to that element of normality, mm-hmm. life is going to be fantastic again. But it's it 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 covers everything in life, not just whiskey. So, um, you know, but it it, was, it just gave me a little bit of hope, which yeah. was good. So I think yeah, all good. Drink to that, Gordon. They were first in yeah. and they're first out. Um, Lovely. And hopefully we will be at whiskey festivals and enjoying people's company and listening to this podcast at the distillery or around the world. Gordon, Do we still have any listeners? Oh yes. Oh, do we? Yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's I'm, good to know. We'll get some of the best listeners money can buy. It's cost me an arm and a leg, but they're still listening. That's it. That's amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> Cheers, well, that's God. good. Cheers. Have a Another good one. Take care. Whiskey unscripted. Slangeva. Slangeva.